Hey everybody, welcome back to Techno Babble. This is episode 22 of the Tech Discussion podcast. We talk we talk tech, science, technology, biology, chemistry, things that are new and kind of complicated, but we read them anyway cuz they're kind of cool. I'm your host Mike King. Joining me as always is my co-host Rich Reader. Hey, hey, hey. I am super excited to be here. I think we're going to have a fun time with uh some news that you may or may not have already heard, but we wanted to give our spin on it. Indeed. <laughs> so, Rich, we got to see a certain movie today. Oh, we did. Not, not exactly tech-based, but might as well let people know what we've been up to lately. What did we see? Well, we went out and saw Solo, which I'm T- sure every single person has done, which is why it's such a smashing success at the box <laughs> office, Mike. Yeah, we saw Solo, but not Solo. We saw it together. (laughs) And I think uh, we were some of the few. I I haven't read any reviews. I avoid everything to do with, uh, you know, big movies that I'm excited to see. I like I don't watch trailers. I don't look at news anything. But I have heard that its box office wasn't as good as it uh, could or should be. So that'll be interesting because I thought it was a pretty positive experience myself. Yeah, it's not because it's a bad movie. It's because it's going up against fucking Deadpool. Well, that too. And it's just, it's Han Solo. So people, I think people were expecting like almost like a a biopic of leading him, like taking us from his earlier days as, you know, a younger child on Corellia up to the point, like kind of where they left it, but like start off a little earlier. So we get to feel and connect more with him. Whereas this just, it was just a fun side story about Han Solo in his youth. It was just like, hey, you want to see some Han Solo? Boom, here's a Han Solo action movie. Yeah, like you didn't need to get his entire life. You just needed to get the basics. Yeah. Like where it's not a superhero his, movie. We don't he, need to see his origins. Where? Well, it was his origins in a way. Where did he get his name? Where did he meet Chewie? When did he meet yeah, Lando? But I mean, like it wasn't like his child, like what, you know, made him who he was. You know what I mean? That's just kind of like... That's the like the end of I think what people were expecting is what I'm saying is I think people were expecting a, a larger time period to be uh, looked at. But uh, either way, I think we both enjoyed uh, that, and uh, we are here now to talk about some fun tech. Uh, I myself just got some fun tech. I got a clickless clickless mouse. Can you hear that? Just so I have to I have to like hold it right up to the mic. It's so quiet. And it was only like 18 bucks and it's rechargeable wireless little mouse. 18 bucks. Fuck. I love Amazon. Cool. Continue. (laughs) Well, you know what else is wireless? What? This ingestible bacteria on a chip that can help diagnose diseases. And MIT researchers have built an ingestible sensor equipped with genetically engineered bacteria that can diagnose bleeding in the stomach or other gastrointestinal problems. It combines sensors made from living cells with an ultra-low power electronic that converts the bacterial response into a wireless signal that can be read by a smartphone. Hmm. So what it is? So this is basically like a Fitbit for your gut to tell you how quickly things and how like how healthy your gut is kind of, I guess. Yeah, it's a gut bit. It's a gut bit. Okay. This is the first it, it gut com- bit. 
Yeah, it combines. Yeah, because we've heard, we've seen stories before of people like swallowing little digestible cameras, which is great for what little area it can light up. Or I mean, inner space. What? You never seen inner space? I've seen the Fantastic Voyage. I think it's probably about the same thing. I think inner space is based on that. People just go inside Martin the body. Short. Yeah, it's just with Martin Short and. Um, Oh, Dennis Quaid. Huh. The one I saw had, uh, I don't know who the hell was in it, but they get attacked by antibodies that, that look like seahorses. Hmm. Uh, anyway. See, this one, <laughs> That's this all one. I can think of when I think of stuff like this. I'm just like, immediately. Yeah, so it can, it can basically show you like a camera in the gut, but as far as like sensing uh, low visibility data or conditions inside the body, you were kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. Like you can only see what the camera's looking at, rather than like what's entirely around the ob- around the sensor, the pill. So by combining engineered biological sensors together with low-powered wireless electronics, we can detect biological signals in the body and in near real time, enabling new diagnostic capabilities for human health applications. Says an MIT professor. Now, in the past decade, synthetic biologists have made great strides in engineering bacteria to respond to stimuli such as environmental pollutants or markers of disease. These bacteria can be designed to produce outputs such as light when they detect the target stimulus, but specialized lab equipment is usually required to measure these responses. So the MIT team decided to combine them with an electronic chip that could translate these bacterial responses into a wireless signal. So what? <laughs> okay, well, no, they so basically, it just it just <clears throat> takes all the info and gives it right into your into your phone, right? That's well, pretty... bacterial information. Yeah. So bacteria that's trained to like, you know, go ooh when there's blood around, <laughs> then your 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 phone just gets that ooh signal, and it's just like, hey, guess what? I'm bleeding inside. <laughs> But this will survive going through. I'm pretty sure your your phone alert isn't going to be the sound of Professor Farnsworth coming. This can survive a full trip through the human body, though, and theoretically be washed off and used again. Oh, yeah, unless you made the mistake of chewing it when you swallowed it. Yeah, I I would hope. Or or you have a catastrophically tight sphincter. In which case, that's probably the reason why you took the pill in the first place, because they want to know why you can't poop anymore. That's crazy, though. So the researchers tested the ingestible sensor in pigs and showed that it could correctly determine whether blood was present in the stomach. They anticipate this sensor can be deployed for one-time use or remain in the digestive tract for several days or weeks. How would they get it to avoid the, the uh, you know, the moving parts and the holes that guide food and stuff? What? Well, because it can't break it down. Oh well, yeah, so it's just it going to immediately. Through. Yeah, it's like corn. But like they said, they're going to design it to remain. So how the fuck would it remain? Like, does it like eat, does it throw up little legs when the uh, when the maybe if when they the coat hole it in the bottom of the stomach tries to pull it through and it well, just block and it just like stands above and goes like uh uh-uh. uh. They might Does have, it... like, some, some sort of way to have it spew out some sort of uh, chemical or something that would uh, trick the body into thinking that it's something else and thus stay 
in a certain area or maybe it's going to float in the stomach somehow because if it just you know, squirts that shit in your body then it would not try to digest any of the well, food it's like that's following gum. it gum takes forever to get through your body but it's still in there so maybe it's taking the gum route maybe once it reacts with your um uh stomach acid it turns into a more of a gum like texture and it just sticks to your gut yeah, but I'm just trying to figure out what would stop it from, like, plugging your your stomach hole. Well, I mean, like, pretty much everything that goes into f- your body it comes out eventually, You know, right? considering we do a tech podcast, like, we should really know what the hell that that bottom of the stomach is. Yeah, but we do well, a tech podcast, not a health podcast. Okay, that's our excuse. <laughs> now, it says, currently, if patients are suspected to be bleeding from a gastric ulcer, they have to go on endoscopy when you know what that is, right? Yes. yes. Right. It's where they you put an need... endoscope or a long tubular camera with a light inside you just so they can check your plumbing. And this requires the patient to be sedated because having a camera shoved up your pooper is not something you really want to be awake for. It's basically like if you want to do like that really, that really long shot in Goodfellas where they're going through the cafe, but in your colon. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and you don't want to be awake for that. No. The, that no so, sound the, right. so the goal with this sensor is that you would, you could circumvent unnecessary procedures just by ingesting the capsule and within a short period of time you would know whether you're bleeding internally. Hmm. Now the researchers plan to reduce the size of the sensor and to study how the bacteria cells can survive in the digestive tract. And so I imagine that this thing has to have a compartment that releases bacteria and monitors it. Because hmm. if the bacteria is inside this pill, how the hell is it going to interact with the outside and know what's going on around it? It's got to be some sort of like coating that like melts eventually after a certain amount of time in the body or something like that, I would say. It, but let me I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Like this thing is really, really cool. But how would you power something like this? Would you would it be some sort of wireless system that can power devices inside the body? Well, I don't, well, we're not there yet, at least not in this article, which I appreciate the segue, but it's a little forced. (laughs) But it says that, uh... (laughs) Caught me. (laughs) So in the science paper, the researchers previously described sensors for two other molecules, which they've not yet tested in animals. One of these sensors detects a sulfur-containing ion called thiosulfate, which is linked to inflammation and could monitor patients with Crohn's disease and other inflammatory conditions. The other detects a bacterial signaling molecule called AHL, which sounds like a company that manufactures hockey sticks, but which can also serve as a marker for gastrointestinal infections. And it says, right now they have like four detection sites, which I guess are, uh, are, uh, yeah, I hate articles that demand you actually have to read other articles, but it says like they have four detection things, but if you can extend it to 16 or 256, you could have multiple types of cells and be able to read them out all in parallel, enabling high throughput screening. So I guess I can only identify like four things but if they can extend the library then maybe you can get a pill that can detect multiple conditions inside now to what you were getting at about these things being powered 
Well, the same people at, or different people at MIT, the researchers working with scientists from Brigham and Women's Hospital and Women's Hospital. If it was just like Women's Hospital, okay, so Brigham Hospital and Women's Hospital, weird names, they've developed a new way to power and communicate with devices implanted deep within the human body. Now these devices can be used to deliver drugs, monitor conditions inside the body, or treat disease by stimulating the brain with electricity or light. Whoa. And these implants are powered by hmm. radio frequency waves, That's, which um, can pass safely through human tissue. Yep, these tiny implantable Freaky. devices that these devices have no batteries. We can now communicate with them from a distance outside the body. This opens up entirely new types of medical applications. So, I guess if you want these things to stick around, you either have to wear a radio receiver, a radio transmitter, just so it can power them from the outside, which is still kind of cool, or you have to install one of these things inside your house, just so that, you know, when you're sleeping, these things can actually do their Stay job. Stay powered, yeah, exactly. Do their job before you poop them out. Yeah. And it says because they don't require a battery, these things can be tiny. The researchers tested a prototype, which is about the size of a grain of rice, but they anticipate it could be made even smaller. Okay, if they make it any smaller, you're not finding it after you poop it out. Like, you could yeah, fart that out. They probably, uh, they would probably make it, like, degradable after a while or something. Like, you're not going to keep that at that point. Now, having the capacity to communicate with these systems without the need for a battery would be a significant advance. These devices could be compatible with sensing conditions as well as aiding in the delivery of a drug, says a bunch of people at a bunch of places. Yeah, but why? I don't, why do we need this? Well, they can offer new doctors new ways to diagnose, monitor, and treat many diseases. Their lab oh, is working okay. on a variety of ingestible systems that can be used to deliver drugs, monitor vital signs, and detect movement of the GI tract. Okay, I guess. Yeah, you got a point. (laughs) Oh, here's another point. See, in the brain, implantable electrodes that deliver an electrical current are used in a technique known as deep brain stimulation, which is used to treat Parkinson's disease or epilepsy. These electrodes are now controlled by a pacemaker-like device implanted under the skin, which could be eliminated if wireless power is used. Wireless brain implants could also help deliver light to stimulate or inhibit neuron activity through optogenetics, which so far has not been adapted for use in humans, but could be used for treating neurological disorders. So the fact that you could get a tiny sheet or whatever that you could just plant in your skull to deliver signals to your brain whenever it starts to overload during an epileptic fit means that you can finally watch those banned episodes of Pokemon. Hmm. Now, these implantable medical devices, such as pacemakers, carry their own batteries, which, you know, occupy most of the space of the device, making them huge, and they offer a limited lifespan. Adib, who envisions much smaller, battery-free devices, have been exploring the possibility of wirelessly powering implantable devices with radio waves emitted by antennas outside the body. So, again, if you get a pacemaker, you better carry a fucking radio on you. So, instead of having the device being huge and carrying a battery, you have to carry the battery and the transmitter. But, you know, better out than in, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. I like that this is, uh, has, um, the, they did it in partnership with Harvard, and I was just there. 
Can you imagine if you walked by somebody with a uh, that was using a cell phone jammer? Then your pacemaker just cuts the fuck out. Hmm. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good. And that's kind of what I was thinking, actually, when, when I first saw this, is like, what happens if something... Like, what happens if your battery dies? Or what happens if there's a jammer? Or, or like, you know what I mean? There's a lot go, of... Yeah, you go to some uh, Tesla museum, and they've got those cages that you can uh, stand inside and get zapped at by lightning, like a Faraday cage. Mm-hmm. So if you step inside a Faraday cage, which blocks all electromagnetic waves... Boom! You just walked into your own death chamber. It's your suicide booth. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I am okay with not walking into my own death chamber. Thank you very much. Yeah, so now there's been difficulties in this because radio waves tend to dissipate as they pass through the body as they end up being too weak to supply power. To overcome this, they've, they've devised a system called in vivo networking. This system relies on an array of antennas that emit radio waves of slightly different frequencies. As the radio waves travel, they overlap and combine in different ways. At certain points where the high points of the waves overlap, they provide energy to power an implanted sensor. So it says we chose frequencies that are slightly different from each other, and in doing so we know that at some point in time these are going to reach their highs at the same time. Well, that sounds a little uncertain. When they reach their heights at the same time, they're able to overcome energy threshold needed to power the device. With the new system, the researchers don't need to know the exact location of the sensors in the body as the power is transmitted over a large area. That also means that they can power multiple devices at once. At the same time that the sensors receive a burst of power, they can also receive a signal telling them to relay information back to the antenna. This can be used to stimulate release of a drug, a burst of electricity, or a pulse of light. And as they tested these in pigs, wow, more pigs, the researchers showed that they could send power from up to a meter outside the body to a sensor 10 centimeters deep within the body. If these sensors are located very close to the skin surface, they can be powered up to 38 meters away. Because there's currently a trade-off between how deep you can go and how far you can go outside the body. They're working on making the power delivery more efficient and transferring it over greater distances. This technology has the potential to improve RFID applications such as inventory <laughs> control, retail analytics, and smart environments, allowing for longer distance object tracking and communication. Great. So now even if I swallow the cocaine, the dealer will know I did that. Damn it. <laughs> well, speaking of other things you can put inside your body... We found that there is now organic, a, play, a company called Aggressively Organic is creating a portable hydroponic lab. Hmm. Now, interested. You can, and apparently you can get in on this if you wanted to grow your own little hydroponic garden. Because mm -hmm. they have these little, uh, it's like cardboard tubes, hexagonal in shape, fairly tall. And you can grow a sizable amount of crops in it, from lettuce to tomatoes to other things. And it looks like a simple cardboard, uh, well, pot for plant, potting, potter, what the fuck are those things for plants? I don't want to say pots because it sounds like cookware. Like planters, that's it. Okay. 
but it's a micro growth system. It's a hydroponic chamber that grows food without all the complexity of hydroponic systems with pumps and filters. Without all the stuff that's, and without all that stuff, it's also really affordable. This system lets you eat from a still growing plant and get all the nutrition you're missing when you buy store produce, when you buy grocery store produce. Lettuce loses about 90% of its nutrition within 24 hours of being harvested. Now you can harvest when hungry and know that you're getting the most nutrition from your food. We call it, they call it plant to plate freshness. And the best part is if you want to get in on this shit, they are about to run their second beta phase. So you can start your own victory garden with a community of folks just like you. And you can sign up to be notified when the beta goes live. Okay, so I'm not quite getting this though. So basically what, as a consumer, I'm going to contact aggressivelyorganic.com and order myself a hexagonal grower and then grow lettuce. Like they're going to send me one that's already got lettuce in it and I'm just going to put water underneath this thing and let it keep growing while I just take off two leaves at a fucking time. Like what the hell? Like I don't get how like this is really cool and I like I like like I just literally just started my own little garden. Um, I got some uh, some basil, some thyme, and um, uh, what were they? Some sweet bell peppers uh, the other day, and I planted a little nice little garden out of my patio. So I like the idea of this, but I just don't get it. They're just sending me like it's in a little box. Is it gonna grow it? Like I don't get it. Well, it says here, who has the time to actually care and water for care for and water plants? We don't. And it says, historically, it's not been possible to grow your own food without intensive time-consuming intervention until now. Because, fact, the aggressively organic system is designed for minimal intervention. We mean it. Plant the seed in the system and keep your hands off and just let nature do its thing until you want to eat it. So you don't even have to water this thing. Okay, the less so intervention, not... the better. So they're not sending me a full plant because the way I read it, and obviously I guess I, I interpreted it wrong, uh, is that it, they were sending you one that was already kind of grown because they're like, oh, eat off of a still living plant. I imagine that they, that they send you the soil and you can just... Dis I, I don't think it's the seeds are uh, genetically in engineered or anything. You can plant whatever seeds you want as long as it'll you know, not grow beyond the not need to grow beyond the capacity of the box. Hmm. Weird. And it says here, what about the water? Well, only 0.07% of water on the planet is drinkable and is becoming more scarce. One head of lettuce planted in the ground takes 25 gallons of water to grow until now. Our system can grow a head of lettuce in 16 ounces of water. That's pretty good. And for comparison, you get to see a water bottle next to 25 water jugs. So it says, what is this thing really? And is it affordable? Maybe you've heard about hydroponics. Soilless gardening. Yeah, we fall in that category, but we've revolutionized it and have patents pending. Hydroponic systems can be thousands of dollars until now. We figured out how to do for less than the cost of a large pizza. Since our goal is to end food insecurity, we had to make a system that literally anyone can afford and use. No pumps, no electricity, very little plastic, and every aspect of our company is sustainable. The website is hosted on a server powered by wind. And it says, how can I join the movement? Well, simple. We're looking for people to be aggressively organic with us. 
Our patents are pending and our system is in manufacturing. Request an invite to become a beta grower or just keep up to date on our progress on expected product releases. When you become a beta grower, you'll be invited to a private Facebook to share and learn from others that are passionate about growing their own food so they get the most nutrition from it and are confident there are no chemicals on their food. Cool. So get in on that. The beta round opens up soon. And if you decide fuck i want in on the future hey let us know how it works <laughs> now it asks how to grow and i clicked that about 10 seconds ago and it still hasn't loaded ah here it is so what comes in the grow kit fuck this internet is slow oh it's a video well that's not going to be helpful for this because otherwise i have to watch it and then i not say anything well watching this so well fucking video so check out these videos and uh i really should probably have done that before <laughs> but you get what you pay for and according to our patreon you're not paying it all so there you go <laughs> you're <a> dick but... <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just a straight up dick are your other shows this ridiculous? Like, <laughs> do you do you read you do you read listen? the Nintendo magazines anymore? Do you even yeah, look at them? Of course we do. Yeah, we read them on the show, but not not in advance. It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh if God, you listen to the show, you'd know that. I'm dying. Oh my gosh, you're hilarious. That's all part of my charm. I'm at so, my best. I'm at my best while I'm flailing. So all of all of these things that we're eating are we're like, what am I? I'm getting They're pretty thirsty, all, man. All, all the shit you're eating is overwatered. But, but I'm getting pretty thirsty. What? I know. You know what? What? How the hell are you going to wash down these pills and all this lettuce that you're growing now? Well. How about some water? But water's getting scarce, you say. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just we say just I was that. growing pills? No. <laughs> you said all this lettuce and pills you're growing, did I you? said the pills and the lettuce you're growing. I said those <laughs> in a reversed order. That changes the context quite significantly. <laughs> just making sure we were on the same page here. So, now that you've completely broken that train of thought, like a certain movie that we've just seen... You may be wondering, how the hell are we going to get all this? Water is scarce. Where the hell am I going to get this water? Am I going to pull it from the air? Well, guess what, fucker? You are. Because good news, everybody. Good news, everyone. We have a record-breaking water purifier. Guess what it's made out of? Paper. And it can bring huh? clean water to desperate areas. Huh? Yeah, paper and water may not seem like the most ideal combination for success, no. but scientists have managed to make paper into an astonishingly, astonishingly effective water purifier. Can it be any now, paper? Well, the idea of using the sun to evaporate and purify water is ancient. A Greek the Greek philosopher Aristotle described the process on how to do it more than 2,000 years ago. But we've brought this technology into the modern age, using it to sanitize water at record-breaking rate. Rates, not rapes. No. 
by draping black carbon-dipped paper into a triangular shape and using it to both absorb and vaporize water, they've developed a method for using sunlight to generate clean water with near-perfect efficiency. Their lead researcher says our technique is able to produce drinking water at a faster pace than is theoretically calculated under natural sunlight. So yeah, they're, they managed to get their little water stills to work faster than the sunlight itself. Hmm. Using the sunlight itself. That's pretty as, cool. As they explain... So it just cleans the water, though. It's not actually getting... It's not like we're not at Star Wars, uh, like, vapor farms yet, are we? Like, this have isn't we... some, like, blue milk vapor farm type shit, right? <laughs> have we actually seen what these like, devices Like, Annie M's not, not getting me, you know, some blue milk here, right? I'm pretty sure the milk isn't the water. <laughs> so... It's, they say, we usually when solar energy is used to evaporate water, some of the energy is wasted as heat and lost to the surrounding environment. This makes the process less than 100% efficient. Our system draws heat from the surrounding environment, using it to achieve near-perfect efficiency. Now, they said the environment, not necessarily the sun, which means that in the middle of winter, this thing can still work. It says, when you talk to government officials or nonprofits working in disaster zones, they want to know how much water can you generate every day. We have a strategy to boost daily performance, they say. With a solar still the size of a mini fridge, we can generate 10 to 20 liters of clean water every single day. Hmm. Yeah, that's enough to feed families with a fridge that's generating air, that's generating water from the air. And it says their power source, the sun, is just about everywhere. But unfortunately, even the latest solar still models are somewhat inefficient at vaporizing water. They address this challenge through a neat counterintuitive trick. They increase the efficiency of their evaporation system by cooling it down. A central component of their technology is a sheet of carbon-dipped paper folded into an upside-down V-shape, like the roof of a birdhouse. The bottom edges of the paper hang in a pool of water, soaking up the fluid like a napkin. At the same time, the carbon coating absorbs solar energy and transforms it into heat for evaporation. Now, this sloped geometry keeps it cool by weakening the intensity of the sunlight, illuminating it as a flat surface would be hit directly by the sun's rays. Because most of the carbon paper stays under room temperature, it can draw in heat from the surrounding area, compensating for the regular loss of solar energy that occurs during the vaporization process. Using this setup, they can they have evaporated the equivalent of 2.2 liters of water per hour for every square meter of area illuminated by the regular sun, higher than the theoretical upper limit of 1.68 liters, according to the new studies. The team conducted its test in the lab using a solar simulator to generate light at the intensity of one regular sun. Hmm. And I've checked out their site and it says, can you use this? Like, um, yeah, can, what, what, how much water can you produce with your technology? They said currently we can distill at rates of approximately one kilogram per hour per square meter. Oh, by the way, the uh, the company is called Sunny Clear Water. So you go to sunnyclearwater.com and you can check out their facts. You don't get to see the uh, the item yet. 
I guess they're still working on the pro on the uh, concept. But you can check out some of the facts and also send questions to them, which I did. And I will check my email now, and they did not respond, so... So much for me getting us some information. <laughs> but it says, is your technology practical for use in third world regions with water contamination? And they said the basic need for an individual is two kilograms of water per day in hot conditions. With eight hours of sunlight, our tech can generate between five to eight kilograms of water. That's enough to meet the survival needs of a family. And they said, can we test your technology? Yes, just like those... Uh, lettuce and fruit vegetable people they are actively looking for collaborations and projects with which to implement their technology and then it says does your technology even work when it's cloudy sure as hell does while our heating and evaporation rates are most efficient on sunny days the technology can work on cloudy winter days albeit at a slower rate hmm so that's pretty darn sweet huh yeah uh, it's even well, up I mean, in canada we can we can get this shit <laughs> well, let's see how well it works uh, in minus 60 degrees Celsius. <laughs> and then we'll see if it works up here. So that's pretty darn uh, it's pretty darn good knowing that there are many ways to get water. So they keep saying it's scarce, but these people are gone. It's not really that scarce. There's just we just need better ways to get it. Yeah, and well, exactly. Some ways. And and to clean it. Indeed. Now, really, what we need is a way to desalinize ocean water. Really, like that's if we could find a, an an easy, um, and I guess like power friendly way or eco friendly way when it comes to power, because I think some of the only ways that you can do it now require a lot of uh, a lot of work or a lot of machines. Like it just it's not efficient to do. So if we could find a more efficient way to do that, then we'd be golden. <laughs> I think this may be the one to do it, though. I mean, if it just soaks water through the paper and then evaporates it through, then that would leave... Then the salt wouldn't make it through the paper. True. That is a good point. Well, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, yeah, I it guess... says, what applications will your technology work with? The sky or sun is the limit. Our technology can be adapted to work with almost any system involving water heating and or evaporation. Water purification, water generation, shipping, mining, artisanal salt, artisanal salt crafting, wastewater reduction, water heating systems, and more could all use our technology. So I imagine that desalinization would also work with that. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Plus, paper's super cheap. Indeed, in carbon, come on. I mean, we're practically made of that shit. <laughs> so all you got to do is just get some construction paper, coat it in grandma's ashes. Boom! Free water for life. Okay, Google. Get me free water. <laughs> oh, fuck. Don't get me started on that shit. <laughs> But what? Don't get you started I, I, on what? What are you talking I, about, Mike? I guess you're going to get started on that shit. Uh, well, we uh, we watched some. Well, I mean, I've already seen it. Obviously, uh, pretty much the day that it happened. But uh, you I thought I would. Me too. I thought I would share with Mike some of the highlights from Google I/O, which happened a few weeks ago, and uh, they pretty much Google once a year 
has this big, huge uh, press conference where they unveil everything new and cool that they're doing. And uh, they just had it a few weeks ago, and I shared a couple of uh, quick videos with Mike and, you know, kind of blew his mind, really, uh, it would seem. So, I mean, I guess first we have to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is, you know, Google um, Assistant making phone calls for you, which is something that they showed there which was uh, really quite interesting. How can I help you? Hi, I'm calling to book a women's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like. What service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. As you just heard, they have a demo. Uh, I want to say video, but you heard it, so it wasn't a video. But we we just played the demo video for the Google Assistant uh, making a phone call for you to make your hair appointment. And, you know, they also showed off another one where it... Um, it made dinner reservations as well. And the thing that I love best about it is that it calls you its client. I think that that's incredible. It sounded really realistic. Yeah, you get to sound like a big shot rather than like the lazy asshole. Exactly. <laughs> and it sounded really realistic. It dealt with a couple of different live uh, things. You know what I mean? Like it didn't. Uh, Hi, it had to... I have this guy who's a total shut in to the point where he can't even speak to people from his house. So do you think you could set up an appointment for him, which is going to be a real hassle? Because if he can't even call you, imagine him showing up. Well, someone's a real pessimist. Oh, <laughs> could it be that Google Assistant is a fucking sham? It's not a sham. It works okay. perfectly. Oh, fuck you. It does. I've got two Google Homes. Uh, I've got Google Assistant on my watch and on my phone as well. Okay. All right. Time for the shit. Now, I sent you before the show a screenshot of my selection of just the sound files I have on my phone, which is an episode of The Graveyard Shift and two, uh, two skits. One from the uh, the taste test and another one from uh, one of the graveyard shift episodes. Mm-hmm. You've seen the name of these things, right? Yeah. Now, now, do I now when I if I wanted to activate Google Assistant, do I have to like like my phone? I'm not touching it right now. Do I have to like unlock it and shit, or can I just? It say depends the words? on what the settings are. Like mine, I have mine set so that if it recognizes my voice it will unlock the phone and start the assistant. Okay, and I have to say, okay, Google? Yeah. Well, I just said that, and it didn't do shit, so... Well, you don't have the right settings on. All right, let's unlock it. Okay, Google. 
Play Skit Follows. Since I couldn't find the song Follow Me, Skit in your music library, here's a similar mix on Google Play Music. Okay, so you're asking it to do what? Okay, well, you have seen what was you have seen what was on my the screenshot I sent you. Okay, no, but it doesn't I have it a doesn't file do that. Skit follows. It doesn't do that. Now, okay, if you're Google if stop. you're if you're can you stop How do that? I make it stop? Just do it on your with your finger. Okay, Google, stop. Stop the music. Oh my god. Okay, now this music, you like I've seen. Yeah, this but video. it doesn't do that. You don't know how this to. This person not, can no. have a conversation with Google Assistant, saying like, ch- ch- like check the weather, tell me some shit. So I, I was just, I just told this to stop the music, and I had to stop it manually. Yes, because you're not using it correctly. First of all, <laughs> like you're I use being my ridiculous. voice. Yeah, no, but what you're supposed to do, A, is if you want to play a podcast, you have to tell it the name of the podcast or the episode number, no, then what service it, you want it to play on. I wanted to play a song that I, a sound file that I have stored locally on my phone. Yeah, Google Assistant doesn't do that yet. Well, fuck that. <laughs> okay. Ask, so- it to pl- ask it to play, you know, like... Oh, maybe not the Beatles, but like ask it to play something else and it probably so why, will. Why couldn't it stop the music when I said, okay, Google, stop? Because you didn't say it loud enough. Oh, it shows You have up. to say it louder so that you overpower its own speakers because now you're being drowned out by a speaker that's a lot closer to the microphone that you're trying to talk to than okay, you are. Okay, let's try to load up an episode then. Okay, Google. Play episode 34 of The Graveyard Shift. No, I'm opening you because I'm trying to I'm trying to prove your worth here. Yeah, except that it, it does work for most things. Okay. Okay, Google. Play episode 34 of the Graveyard Shift in the Stitcher app. I don't think it works with Stitcher yet. Okay, asking Stitcher to play episode oh. 34 of the Graveyard Shift in the... <laughs> in the... It's not going to work. Well, it opened up the app. So it, it can't identify an episode number. Okay, Google. Play the newest episode of Laser Time Podcast. Okay, fuck the newest episode. Like... Can you do something besides the newest one? Can you play a previous, a numbered episode? A title? I've never tried. I don't use, I don't, the thing is, is I don't use that. If I used uh, Spotify. So it opened up my podcast app, but it didn't. You're editing most of this out, right? Because this is just ridiculous. I'm doing this to prove that you, that, that, that this is a fucking garbage app. But it's not though. Hey, okay, Google. Send SMS message. To Jessica Doyle Mobile. Play oh, here, latest right. episode of The Graveyard Shift. Uh, you're being ridiculous. It's not going to know your stupid little podcast. <laughs> I get to play a real podcast. <laughs> Ow.
You know what it played? <laughs> oh my Jesus. Oh my fuck. It's playing season two, episode 16 of SpongeBob SquarePants, which is titled The Graveyard Shift. Okay, once again, it's not going to know that for you. I've used it on my friggin'. I said podcast. I know why that. Did it, why did it look for YouTube instead of the podcast app? Trust me, I have all of these devices and they work for me. It's because you don't know how to use it. Jeez. How else do I say or pronounce the name it, of my this own is, fucking I'm not, show? I'm not doing this right now. This is not good. You can't just leave this in full and have it work. This is not going to work. If you don't know how to use it, it's not going to work right away on a live show. How do fucking I identify show. my show with it then? You'd have to fucking tell it. You'd have to probably be subscribed to the podcast. I am. In your thing. Then you'd have in to tell Stitcher it which app. app. Like, Okay, Google, play the graveyard shift in Stitcher dude. app. Dude. Okay, I'm not sitting here for 20 fucking minutes while you fucking try and do this shit live, man. No, I'm just like demonstrating why this thing is not. No, that you're not. Great. You're demonstrating how you don't know how to use it, man. Well, you're I... not. You're not telling me how to do it right. Because I'm not going to explain it to you on a live fucking episode. Like I don't like this is ridiculous. It makes no sense for me to do this while we're trying to fucking record. But the point is, is that the that the that the assistant isn't that intuitive. Well, first of all, they haven't, but it is. It is. I use it every fucking day. I literally use it every day to help me cook, to help me convert things, to help me do my job at work, to help me put things on my calendar, to give me reminders, to play music, to play podcasts, to call my fiance while she's at work, to send her text messages. I use it every single day. To turn my lights on or off in my house. To turn the cat fountain on or off. I have it hooked up for all these different things. It works yep. perfectly. Huh. I'm telling you, you just have to have it set to do these things. You have to do, you have to set it to understand your voice properly. You have to do all these things. It's not just instantaneous. Well, that video made it seem like it was so easy. No, the video was a demonstration of what it could do if used properly. You're not asking, like, for all you know, you're setting that in your calendar with your keyboard. They never said that, hey, you're going to ask your Google Assistant to do it. It said Google Assistant will do it for you. You're making assumptions, man. Well, the guy's talking to it like it can understand him and make adjustments. Like he's talking about it doing multiple commands. And it can. I've had it do them before. Well, you just heard it not do it for me. Yes, that's because yours isn't set up and you're not asking it the right things. It's worked for me. It's probably, honestly, it's probably just not working either because your settings are wrong or because your podcast isn't going to be the first thing to come up for the graveyard shift. There's multiple graveyard shift po podcasts. You know that. But it didn't even play a graveyard shift podcast. It went to YouTube. <laughs> Dude. But, like, trust me, it works. Like, I even get it to play stuff on my fucking TV through my Chromecast just with fucking talking to it. Like, trust me, it fucking works. Well. Anyway, continue. Continue with what? Now you got me all fucking pissed off. Why should you be pissed off? This is for comedy. 
It's not comedy if you're fucking taking advantage of the system and making it seem like something is when it isn't. Well, I wasn't. Pro- I didn't program it to fail. I just gave it a command and it didn't do it. Yeah, because you weren't doing it within the parameters that it knows how to do what you're asking. That's like asking a Roomba to mop the floor. It doesn't know how to mop the floor. It's not programmed to mop the floor. It's programmed to listen to very specific things. You say that, but I said, and this is being recorded, so I can prove it, that I said, play the Graveyard Shift podcast, and it opened up YouTube instead of the podcasts. Well, I'm fucking telling you that it works, because I use it every fucking day of my life. Hmm. Okay, Google. Play Weird Al Yankovic on Spotify. I'm not hearing it beep or anything. Oh, that's because I think it's... uh, I actually just activated my Google Home in the other room. (laughs) Perfect, See, I've got too many devices. (laughs) That's my problem. Yeah, so anyway, tell us about this work in progress. Play Weird Al Yankovic on Spotify. Okay. It's not saying playing Weird Al? It's playing. It's playing in the other room. Anyway, uh, your dick. That's what I have to say. Done. Mic drop. Episode done. Your dick. <laughs> Firing me all up. <laughs> Fucking ass munch. Fuck you. I just I just made your little pet look bad. It's not a pet. It's an assistant. <laughs> Asshole. Fuck you. <laughs> um, okay, how does this thing handle criticism? Okay, Google. Oh, right. It doesn't even activate through our screen lock. Okay, Google. I love you. It's giving you the silent treatment. No, it just said, what a wonderful <laughs> thing to say. But it said well, it on my Google Home. It? Because it happened on the Google Home in the other room. Because oh of gosh. the fact that everything, like, my phone knows I'm at home and it's connected to the Google Homes. They're all connected to the same network. So it's going to assume that I can hear it. It's just I closed okay. the door to my office. Let's give it a different test then. Okay, Google. What's two plus two? The answer is four. Oh, thank you. Didn't, okay, didn't we just see a video saying we don't have to keep saying, okay, Google, to have a conversation with this thing? No, again, you're not paying attention to the context, man. Context is king. He did it the first time and then kept continuing after that. And also, these are things that they've been working on that they're announcing, which means that they're coming soon, not right away. Some of them said that you already have it, though. Yeah, and if you wouldn't ruin the fucking segment, then maybe I could fucking talk about it. I told you to go through, but you're going all pissy. It's because you're pissing me off. <laughs> okay, Google. Shut the fuck up. Right away. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. pretty fun. That's pretty fun. Uh, anyway, the Google Lens is one of those things that you are talking about that it uh, it currently has. Uh, you can download it as a separate app or it can be built right into your uh, camera app. 
it's pretty cool. I got a chance to use a little bit of it when I was in Boston recently. Um, I was just kind of like in my Google Assistant and then I pressed the lens button and it automatically opened up Google Lens in the Google Assistant. I pointed it at a church and it, it linked me to the church's website and a little page on Wikipedia for it. You know what I mean? And th this is just like one of many, like you can kind of scale or uh, scan a room and it'll be like, oh, hey, look at that lamp. You know, here's some suggestions for buying other things like that lamp. And oh, look at your patio furniture. Here's some similar patio furniture you can buy on Amazon. Or, you know, like, look, that's a subway. This is their number. Order online, like if it's available or whatever. It's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I haven't gotten a big chance to play around with it, uh, but uh, the video certainly made it look pretty cool. Oh, yeah, you know? some of those things are pretty darn cool looking. Did you see the, uh, did you happen to notice the uh, Google Maps live augmented reality directions that they were showing off, which given aren't available for you right this second, Mike. So I, I, you may not I, believe that it works. I stipulated that I saw some of them said they were available right away. <laughs> I did did you see that I one, though? I did not say I think all of them are. Yeah. Okay. I imagine it's like a waste of a battery, though, if you just see, like, like people. Okay. This is Google almost Maps, like going back to, like, the Google Lens or something or whatever. Yeah, Google the, Glass. Google. Sorry. Google Glass. Yeah, except they realized it's stupid to wear glasses, especially if people already wear glasses, since a lot of people do. So you're wearing double glasses, but and you look like a real dork. That is true. But something like what they just showed off, which is basically you hold your camera up and in front of you, it'll show you like in your camera app, it'll show you which way to go through augmented reality signs, footsteps, and sometimes even a little guide. They showed off a little fox. And that, that will is, show you which way to go and run around corners and stuff. It's great for a phone, yeah. But for regular glasses, I can't imagine you seeing all that shit popping up when you're just trying to see where you're going. Isn't that the same as looking at a phone? No, because you can take the you can you can put the phone down in your pocket and you're fine. With the glasses, you're stuck with them on your face. Eh, it could be opaque. Anyway, I thought that that was super freaking cool. Uh, it was I can't neat wait that you to could, play around with that. It is neat that you can just aim it at a building and it'll let you know what the hours are. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The the phone number and stuff like that. And this is all like some of that stuff is actually being uh, built in right now. Um, I don't not the directions, obviously, but some of that is uh, being built in right now, which is pretty cool. And they're coming out with a bunch of new voices, including John Legend for some reason. Um, why they chose John Legend to be the new voice of Google Home. I'm not really sure, but well, I, guess, I guess Morgan Freeman just charges too much. I guess, or uh, although I imagine his price is probably going down a bit now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and there's there's just like a bunch of other things that they uh, they kind of announced uh, with the new version of Android that's coming out. That's going to be exciting for people who have uh, phones that will get it. Mike, which what do you have? The S7. Yep, the S7 Edge. Oh yeah, you might. Oh, it's getting a little old, man. You might need to upgrade soon. I don't know. Are you gonna get the new version? I don't know. The S nine? Eh, I don't know. Are there any gimmicks to it besides the fact that it's got a slightly faster processor? Oh well, you can turn yourself into an emoji, Mike. Isn't that Ooh. worth spending a thousand dollars for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> if if, this, if if people went to Patreon.com/slash/geekfallout, 
and contributed, then, you know, maybe we could justify expenditures like that for a little technological joy. Uh, no. No, we would not use the money on that because Are that you is kidding? ridiculous. I just gave them a free sample of how, how fun it would be to watch me try to figure out technology. Oh, God. And piss me off the whole time? I told you I had a great bit set up, so if you get actually angry, you only have yourself to blame for not realizing this was entertainment. It was not entertainment. You cannot make fun of my baby. I mean, my assistant. <laughs> There's the truth. You do a little bit. You do a little bit of digging, and the truth comes out. <laughs> um, I thought the definitely the the most interesting part, however, of um, the the entire Google I/O conference, as far as I'm concerned, other than um, Google now making phone calls for me, making reservations, and calling me its client, which is going to make me sound bougie AF. Um, <laughs> Is the the Waymo integration uh, or the integration integration integrate? You've been saying that since one of the first episodes of this show. Integration, integration, but their their partnership with Waymo, which Waymo came out and talked about, basically no Waymo. Did you see the Waymo announcement? I don't know if it was in your cut or uh, not. Yeah, the fact that you could just basically order a driverless taxi to show up, pick you up, drop you off. This is the fucking future we all need. Yes. Because uh, this, this is, this is the ultimate drunk thing. Because you won't have a cabbie like, oh, shit. You won't have to have some cabbie have to put up with puke or deal with assholes. And they even have uh, cars like the Jaguar I-Pace doing this possible Waymo running around. Oh, so, I wonder if they I wonder if they're going to have to program these things for like late shifts to deal with drunks. Okay, and this is the thing that I was actually thinking. So I was talking to a friend about this, and if this actually happens, right? So you're out drinking with a bunch of friends and, you know, like you order yourself a Waymo just like you would an Uber and then 10 minutes later this minivan rolls up with nobody in the driver's seat and just drives you away. Now you've got a, a <laughs> car full of drunk people. At when does that become a risk? Because can't somebody just uh, get into, like if somebody's say in the passenger seat, can't somebody just kind of like go over to the driver's seat or take the wheel or something like that? And yeah, then it, it becomes a dangerous a situation. If it's, the self if it's a completely self-driving thing, it wouldn't need a wheel. Well, I mean, all the ones that I, I've seen uh, had wheels, but maybe those were just the ones that they still needed to have a person behind the wheel because they're still testing them. Yeah. Um, I don't really know, but I'm just saying like that would like if there's any sort of controls whatsoever or that what could if be a danger, like an right? AI driving the thing. Like, would it understand if you're like, pull over, I got a yak. Yeah, you do, you do not possess a large bison. Hey, Waymo, <laughs> I need to yak. <laughs> That would be actually pretty funny. Waymo. But uh, apparently it I'm is going to Ralph. Be, uh, it's going to be open for the public. Um, and that's going to happen this summer, actually. It's uh, pretty damn crazy that, like, we're already here at the point. Like, I know Uber uh, has announced that they, they're trying partnerships with, like, kind of like flying pods and stuff like that, which is, you know, even one step oh, further. But just. Cabs. Just the fact that we have um, now something like Waymo coming 
is pretty insane. If I'm lucky, so I may be able coming. to see something similar to this later on in the summer. So Waymo um, doesn't exist yet? Or it's so, not public yet? No. Well, they're still testing it. It's going to go live later this summer in Phoenix. Hmm. Yeah. So you Arizonites, Phoenogians, Phoenixians? Arizonans? Amazonians? Amazons? <laughs> uh, you people down that way will be able to see the future very shortly, I think is what this comes down to. <laughs> you Amazonians. I feel like we should just stick with that one. <laughs> Makes them sound like real warriors. <laughs> uh, and then the, the kind of the last thing um, that I just kind of wanted to touch on, which is seems to be a new trend. I can't remember if it was Amazon or if it was Google that announced it first, but they're smart displays. Uh, did you see this, Mike? I may have. Uh, can you get elaborate a bit on so it? So the smart display, it's basically Google Assistant um, with a screen attached, either oh. an 8-inch or a 10.1-inch display attached to it. Oh, I and thought it was the photo thing. The f- what? The photo thing, the things that automatically adjust the brightness on your oh, phone. Oh, no, no, that's you, just uh, Google Photos and Google adjust Assistant. Adjust color saturation around certain things, but not the whole thing. No, 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 no. Oh, and the, the coolest part I liked about this is that you can take a picture of... A black uh, and white form. picture? No, take pictures of forms, and you can even save it as a PDF file. That and was also, pretty cool, yeah. You can I've been doing that for a, a while menu. already with an app, uh, with a separate a, app. but You can take a picture of a menu and actually copy-paste certain things like recipes and shit so that being part able was to also identify text inside yeah. a picture is well google hard. google lens has uh has been doing some some of that uh for a short period of time now so that i guess they're just kind of making it more more well known uh for some of that and also i guess making it uh a better right uh, for different things, but it's been doing stuff like that for a little while. Uh, it's pretty damn cool, though. The smart display, though, I find um, I'm, I'm very intrigued and uh, conflicted over it because on one hand, it's pretty cool, you know, like on your coffee table or, you know, uh, in your kitchen, you could have one of these and they use the example of asking for, you know, cooking uh, uh, like a recipe and it shows a step-by-step guide and you can just say like, okay, Google next, okay, Google next, whatever on each one. And it'll show you a little video and all step-by-step instructions. That's cool. You could, it'll, it'll show you the day's weather and, you know, you can do uh, video streaming or uh, like watch your videos and stuff on it. You can also do video calling, which is all really cool. But I think, uh, the, the next thing that they need to do with that, which would be really interesting and would help it kind of save power because I'm thinking it's not going to be on all the time, right? They can't just have this thing running all the time. So they should do uh, like an always on display sort of thing. So if there's no one around it and if you're not using it, it's just like a, I don't know, it, does your phone have a always on display? Yep. Okay, yeah. So it's just, you know, all black with like say the time any notifications if you have any reminders or anything like that. And then maybe it shows like a, just a, a little, you know, bit for the weather or something else, right? Like it could show you some very basic information at all times, like a little black and white screensaver, whatever. And then when you're using it, then turn the screen on. I think that's kind of like the one last thing that they could do with it. But uh, 
pretty interesting. A little expensive, if you ask me. Uh, the 8-inch model from Lenovo is going to be starting at 149 and the 10.1-inch is going to be 229 So probably add an extra, what, 30 40 bucks at least. Considering that we are in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, would you uh, would you get something like that? The uh, the what exactly? The smart display. Well, isn't that like going to be on? Well, I already have it on. Okay, so what well, you said, buy it. So it's not a. Uh... Was that even in the video you sent me? I think so. Yes, I think it was right at the beginning actually they're just little screens with google assistant built in no the first thing in that video was uh the uh, pakistani jeff goldblum guy and he okay, well you showed... could just say no but so I the point to is that joke about the jeff goldblum because he looks like jeff goldblum sundar yeah you're just saying that because of his glasses and his nose and his cheeks and his face Meh. He looks like Jeff Goldblum. Meh. Anyway, I think I that's he, pretty cool. I thought cool. he was going to like tell me about chaos theory while pouring water on Helen Hunt's hand. but You obviously are not the person to talk to about smart home tech or assistance, let me tell you. I'm almost you 40, Bixby okay? lover. Technology is escaping me. Bixby I'm falling lover. behind. You're, just, you know, you're a Samsung guy. That's That's your problem. Oh. Once a Samsung guy, always a Samsung guy. Okay, Google, play Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. That song's only available for Google Play Music subscribers. Ha ha. Fucking walls. Everywhere I go with this thing is fucking walls. It works for me, although it would probably just play it. Here, wait. You know what? Oh Maybe my God. If okay, listen to Wi-Fi. this. Listen to what it's playing. Not the Bee Gees. <laughs> Uh. Okay, Google. <laughs> okay, Google, Play stop. Play Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. I said, okay, Google, stop. Okay. Google, stop the song. Here it is on Spotify. Okay, Google, stop playing this fucking song. Google, shut the fuck up. There you go. Okay, Google, stop playing this song. Works perfectly. What? I had to stop it manually. Okay, Google. Stop. See? <laughs> Worked I'm perfectly. Here. It's still playing. You just turned the volume down. No. It totally stopped it. Okay, you just need so, a Google Home, man. I shouldn't need to buy a friggin' water. I shouldn't need to buy a friggin' plant potter just so I can stop playing music on my phone without using my thumb you heard me say several times okay google stop playing this music what oh oh it says sure sent after i paused it manually <laughs> oh. okay listen oh. okay google stop okay google stop playing the music okay google stop google stop okay google stop do I have to keep saying okay, Google, or? It's a good song. Well, well, it is a great song, but I had to stop that with my thumb 
because it cannot hear me over the damn song playing, telling it to stop. Well, a lot of what they show off for Google Assistant is also the actual Google Home product. So maybe you should get a Google Home and then join the rest of the world. Hmm. Or an Echo for that matter. Okay, Google, play Staying Alive by the Bee Gees on YouTube. Since Google Play is a fucking asshole. Staying Alive by Bee Gees, sure. Playing on YouTube. Yay! I now have a 25% success rate with this thing. Okay, Google, stop YouTube. You can probably okay, tell Google, it to mute. Pause tell YouTube. it to mute. Mute. No. Oh my God. Okay, Google Mute. Okay, what command do I give it? Nothing, because you're not talking loud enough to it. Would okay, be my guess. Okay, Google Mute. I don't know, man. It's because you got a shitty ass Samsung. Mine works perfectly. Well. Anyway, that's why I'm. I, that's why I hate this thing, and we're not going to be like Scotty. Like now, like now, I understand how fucking Scotty felt in Star Trek Four. He sits in front of the computer, and he's just like, "Okay, computer, lots of polynomial sequence for for uh, for petroleum products." And nothing happens, and he's like, "Computer, computer." Then the guy points at the uh, the keyboard in front of him, and he's like, "Really? A keyboard? Huh, how quaint." I don't know. Like I said, mine works perfectly. I have a whole house full of set up smart devices, so. Well, now you know why I'm frustrated because this thing clearly doesn't. You, like you said, you can tell it to stop playing a song and it will stop, right? Yeah, it's probably just your shitty fucking setup. <laughs> the setup I have not altered in any way from the stock model. And... Well, Samsung stock. Like I said, man, mine works perfectly. Well, so something's wrong with your phone and the way that you're doing it. So I'm oh, saying. you know what? My I wonder if my podcast is registered as the Graveyard Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike, because they kept playing other things with Graveyard Shift in it. Okay, Google, play oh, the Graveyard God. Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike. And for those listeners who haven't fallen shift, asleep and or quit yet, right um, this has been Techno Babble. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com just don't do it with Google Assistant Productions. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Geek Fallout and uh, you can check out Mike's other two shows which uh, go a lot you better will... than this because he actually does research for them and uh, you, just at, can't uh... find, you just can't find them with Google Assistant <laughs> with your phone okay play okay prove prove it Play an episode of The Graveyard Shift, my podcast, with your phone. Since mine is apparently a piece of shit with Samsung on it. Well, I'd have to friggin' subscribe to it first. And are you even on Spotify? Oh, you fucker. <laughs> yes, we're on Spotify, you dick. Playing with... No, oh, you shit. Power. Dude. Oh, you know what? Let's try Podcast. That. Okay, Google, play Playing With Power podcast. Don't give me the lockout screen, you cunt. Okay, Google. Play Episode playing 8, with Playing podcast. with Power in Your Hands. 
the latest episode of Playing With Power, a mature, unofficial Nintendo Power Retrospective Podcast, issue 86 July 1996, part one of two, Hello, more N64 previews. To another episode of Fun and Games Podcast. I'm Jeff Mona. Can't find you. Yay. Okay, Google, stop. Well, it still doesn't know how to do that, but I was able to do that. Told you. Okay, but you play an episode of the Graveyard Shift. Let's see if we can. We're on Spotify, so. Are you? Just... Because I, there, you can't find you uh, with playing with power. No, a Graveyard Shift. Come on, man, focus. I only said the name Graveyard Shift several times. Graveyard Shift. Not like a pirate, but go on. Well, I'd have to find it. Uh, nope. There's the Witching Hours, Castle Rock Radio, Forever Midnight. Like, it, you're not here, dude. If I search Graveyard Shift on Spotify, you don't come up. Hmm. Yep, you're not here, man. Okay, can you look for specific Facebook pages with it? I doubt it. If I was just... Okay, Google. Playing with Power podcast. Why do you keep going to that? Uh, again, it's fucking... Oh, God damn it. It's connecting to my Google Homes again. <laughs> well, as you can see, this thing is... Oh, it totally just played your friggin' episode over the, or, uh, uh, yeah, it played the episodes over the speakers in the bedroom. <laughs> Is the missus in bed? Yeah, she just got home. She's probably not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> we should, I probably have to go. We should probably This is going to be, uh, this, this was, oh, this was worth it. I hate you. <laughs> so, uh, fuck you, Mike, to... and, uh, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. I'm Mike. And I'm a pissed off Richard. And it is not safe to turn off your device and your in-bedroom speakers. Oh, it's not safe to close your eyes tonight, though, man. <laughs> I'm fucking coming for you. Am I supposed to stop? Okay, Google, play Technobabble. Welcome back to Technobabble. The ongoing saga of our intrepid crew saving the universe. from the transwarp replicator. Uh-oh. Oh, I know. You could disentangle the secondary radiation console. Wowza. Like staring at the sun without eye protection? Huh? Of course. It's so obvious. Captain's log. Stardate 48658.2.